What is what is wrong with you? Ugh. I'm in a dark place, Sam. It's all pain. It's all pain. But the good thing is, at least we all die eventually. <laughs> to talk about uh, probably the the least enjoyable playoff run, run to the playoffs that I've ever experienced in my entire life, certainly with any Philadelphia team. Philadelphia Eagles, losers of five of their last six, are headed to the playoffs following a 17-point loss to the New York Giants. There were stakes in this game. A win by the Eagles and a loss by the Cowboys. And the Eagles would have had the two seed, would have had home field for at least uh, for at least two games of the uh, of the playoffs. And they certainly had a lot to play for on um, an hour and a half into the game. Washington was leading Dallas 10 to 7. And at that same time, the Eagles were losing 24 to 0 to Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants. I'm here with Nurse Sam to talk about the birds talk about the playoffs, talk about the Tampa matchup we'll have on Joey Max soon. Sam. Oh my God. Every week we get on this podcast and I keep thinking like, can we talk about something good with Kevin? And every week the Eagles give me like less hope. And like you said, I don't, we've watched a lot. We've been blessed, man. We watched a lot of Eagles playoff football in our lives. Watch a lot of meaningful games in January. Got to see a Super Bowl ring, which a lot of Eagles fans lived and died. A whole lifetime of Eagles fandom without seeing it. Never have I been least excited for the to see the Eagles walk, go into the playoffs than I mm-hmm. am this weekend. Because even two years ago when they got smacked by Tampa Bay, it was at least like they were not nine and eight. They were the seventh seed. Like just to get in, give Sirianni and hurt some experience was awesome. Um, even though they ended up getting shellacked. But what what do you have to be happy about? What do you have to look forward to? Don't tell me that Big Dom being back on the sidelines is going to change oh, anything. Don't tell me that all of a sudden, like the players are sitting there, you know, Dallas got to saying, yeah, we've just been kind of waiting for the playoffs. Bro, no. You had the chance to get the one seed. Mm-hmm. You're not just sitting around waiting for the playoffs. Now you just make everything harder for yourself. And even on Sunday. The slim chance, the slim chance of you actually winning the division. And they just flat, flat and gutless. And that was, even when the starters were playing, they were just going through the motions. And did A.J. Brown, like, I don't, I don't have an injury update on A.J. Brown. Is he, is he, is he even playing on Monday? Like, because then it's, it's like really over if he doesn't play. It's, it's inexcusable. It's embarrassing. It's not Eagles football. It's completely unacceptable and nobody nobody is absolved from blame here. Everyone from fucking Lori to the dude who washes their jock straps. Everyone is to blame. They horrible. The the aesthetics were, were terrible. The continued inability to handle the blitz is so bizarre. It's bizarre. 
And if you've seen on Twitter, right, Dan Orlovsky did a great breakdown um, on ESPN it's and on Twitter great. about Eagles' inability to handle the blitz. Um, the key piece there just being wide receivers don't seem to be turning around. Uh, and Jalen is nope. missing. Jalen is missing the protection calls. He's missing that he, you know, that there's that uh, that there, there's going to be an extra blitzer, and there's no one turned around looking at him for being a safety valve. And it it's just a beat like Brian Johnson reports today uh, about him interviewing for the Carolina Panthers job, um, and uh, all of Eagles Twitter uh, going how? in and rejoicing, talking like, about like how, how great of a Brian Johnson uh, will be for Carolina. And that's the thing, Kev. Like, I'm glad you brought up the receivers because it's like, like, Jalen. Of course, Jalen's bailing from the pocket because when he's ready to throw, he's gonna hit Dallas Goddard in his fucking asshole. He's not looking at the ball. Like, if you are not picking up that the defense is going to blitz a team like the Giants that blitzes a lot, like, it all. I, I, I. Again, the players. We've had disappointing years from a lot of players. Not sitting here like Jalen Hurts. His offensive numbers really have not been bad at all. The turnovers you cannot absolve him from the, the turnovers. He's been really bad with handling the football. But how are you not coaching this team up to handle things ba- like a basic blitz package? I'm not asking them to reinvent the wheel. If Dan Orlovsky can correctly decipher the issues on national TV, he's not even in the locker room. You have everyone on that coaching staff has has played in the NFL or coached the NFL for multiple years. Like, again, it's so it is so it makes steam come out of your ears because I again, I've said this a couple of weeks ago. I've never been on an NFL sideline. I will never be on an NFL sideline. But these things that seem really, really fixable have yet to be fixed. And you always want to be playing your best in the playoffs, right? Like. You're you're exponentially growing. Like the Rams, the Rams have been hot, right? You've got teams going in who you don't want to play the Rams. You don't want to play the Lions. Everyone wants to play the Eagles. Yeah. Everyone wants to play the Eagles. <laughs> it's it's like it's like they've been sliding down a hill with no no effort to get it back up the hill. It just it's gutless. There's no fight. It's like what there is something so fucking broken. They and they, then, uh, and, and and I think we've all been sitting here saying the talent's there, they'll get it fixed. The talent's there, they'll get it fixed. Bro, look at your watch. What time is it? It's playoff time. It's do or die on Monday night. No more time to fix it. No more time to fix it. They they are um, eat glass. They they are the second team. Um they started the season 10 and 1, which is a lifetime ago. They started the season 10 and 1. They are the second team in NFL history to start lifetime. 10 and 1 and not get to 12 wins. They did that by going 1 and 5 in their uh their final 6 games. There's been here's been the cycle the last month, Sam, cuz I've been trying to map it out like what's been going on. And here's what happens. Sunday, team plays terrible. Right? They have an absolute shit performance. Um and then on Monday and Tuesday, we terrible rip the team. Terrible is nice, Kevin. Terrible <laughs> is nice. Wait. We, we will eviscerate the team on Monday. We'll eviscerate them on Tuesday for how bad they were. And then by midweek, we're like, well, we've got the Seahawks coming up. They're not that good. The Giants are coming up. The Cardinals are coming up. Now the Buccaneers are coming up. They're not very good. This team, uh, the Birds at least have the talent to beat them. And then by Friday, you know, oh, well, they still have a bunch of talent. You know, there's some elite players here. All, all I got to do is put it together. And then by Saturday, we're going to be like, you know what? You know, maybe they can turn it around. A.J. Brown, you know, like, we'll get this going. And that's just been... It's been a month and a half now of this, and we're going in against the Buccaneers, who, by the way, um, if the Eagles have been so bad against the Blitz, and they have, 
the the uh, the Giants were second in blitz rate. Uh, Buccaneers are third. Uh, then you saw a lot of that. By the way, can you can you believe we started when we started talking about this? That Buccaneers game that was week two, week three. They they played the Bucks, and that was the Jordan Davis party, the Jalen Carter party. We got the sack going on, going in. Like, that that doesn't even feel like this season. It, it genuinely doesn't, and it's going to be what ninety six percent chance of rain, thunderstorms all night. If you want any chance of, I don't even want to use the word win, win this game. How the Eagles are favored by three is is insane to me. I mean, granted, the Buccaneers looked pretty bad against the Panthers, and the Panthers had like two touchdowns called back, one on a touchback, a fumble back in the end zone, and and one on a holding call. So the Buccaneers actually probably should have lost that game. So I, But to give them three points with the way this Eagles team has played, what do you think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to do to us? No, Rasheed dude, the, White the is one way... of the best receiving. Rasheed White is one of the best receiving running backs in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure I saw Saquon Barkley catch a 50 yard fucking wheel route catch on yeah. Sunday. Like it's it's so bad. And again, dude, if they can, the only way they have a chance of winning this game is running the ball. You know why? Because it keeps that piss poor JV fucking defense off the field. It is the Achilles heel of the Eagles, and it is why they won't, if they make it past this round, they will not go into anywhere and win another playoff game, whether it's Detroit, whether it's Dallas, whether it's San Fran. They, that defense can't stop. Those are three of the best offenses in the league. Say what you want about the Cowboys. They piss on bad defenses, and that's exactly what the Eagles are, a bad defense. And oh, it's, don't worry, Matt Patricia. He's still calling plays. He's still going to be the defensive coordinator. It's even though so it's gotten bad. fucking worse. It's they, gotten worse. They, it's like it, this has been when they announced this offseason. That was like this quiet little footnote. That was a story for a week. Was Eagles hired Matt Patricia as like special defensive assistant? And I don't think anyone was happy about it. And I don't think anyone yeah. with a brain was was happy about Matt no, Patricia no, coming no, in my, to the my building. Meter it, didn't move at all. I was like, okay. This and this was. Okay. And this was my fear, right? My fear about that hire was at some point in time, they would look around and say, well, who's the smartest guy in the room? And they would land on Matt fucking Patricia. And unfortunately, they did that. And the defense has gotten so much worse. It has been, I mean, the last five weeks, like, like, they're giving so up like 30 worse. points a game. This has been the the worst stretch of defensive football. And by the way, I think one of the problems at globally, and let, let's talk, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Nick here because- the biggest, the biggest challenge I've seen over the last five weeks has been that the problems have been the same, right? The problems same. that they have been facing for the last five weeks, right, since they got exposed, by the way, longer, right? It's not like they were playing great against Buffalo, right? And it's not like they were put, but they laid off 30 points Buffalo, but it has been absolutely terrible tackling. It has been an inability to close the middle of the field. It's been no pass rush. And then on the offensive side, it's been no creativity. The route tree has been too simple. The running game has been ineffective. Jalen Hurts like isn't re reading the defense. They're not picking up the blitz. The protection has been bad. Like the Horrible. offensive line somehow is getting pushed backwards on all these plays. And it's been five straight weeks of this. And if you're the head coach, and if you're Nick Sirianni, and you're not in charge of play calling, that means you're not bringing your offensive system. You're bringing 
right? You've got someone else with there and you're not a defensive minded coach, which means you're not influencing there, which means your job as the head coach is to be the person to put other people in the spots to succeed, to be the key culture builder and to set the tone and to find out how to solve problems. And Nick Sirianni has been an absolute F in everywhere except the team culture. I, I don't. And I don't even, know what to say. And, about and you're him. supposed to be like a like a leader of men, right? Like everyone looks at Mike Vrabel. Like Mike Mike Vrabel's on the market. He's gonna get snatched up like that because that yeah. that dude knows how to lead men. And if you aren't providing right, if you're not the defensive guy, you're not the offensive guy. You're like the game situation guy. You yeah, are the right. the guy that you're the guy that you look to like when when you gotta write that fucking shit. That's you right. Got a guy like Andy Reid or Bill Belichick. Again, those are those are class you know, top of the class. But even Young guys like Sean McVay, like Sean McVay is the offensive guy, but he's also a leader of men. He's a motivator. He's a very smart guy. So I, I'm not, let me ask you this. Are you out on Nick Sirianni? Honestly, are you out? No, I'm not. I'm not all the way out. I'm close. Motherfucker. I'm close. Um, if they get shellacked and like, again, if they, if they lose a tight one in Tampa, you know, I I don't actually think Nick Sirianni is going to get fired. There's also, Season, but he'll be his seat will be quite toasty heading into the next season if they have a uh, if they complete this collapse if they don't win a single playoff game and they collapse like they did in the last half of the month at, at last half of the season and I was talking with my roommate about it like at least in regards to like the defensive side of the ball man like players took a step back I mean Hassan Reddick lost a step Josh Sweat hasn't mm-hmm. had a sack in eight games Brandon Graham I mean he's just like he's just like a talker now. You know, I, I, trust me, I love me some Brandon Graham. I love him to death. He's Eagle folk hero, Eagles Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, I don't see his impact on the field. I, mean, I don't see. You, if you I don't really through, see Fletcher Cox as the run stopper that he was. If you go through the twenty, you know, five or so starters they've had this year, I mean, let's make the list now. Like, who's gotten better? Right? Who throughout the year by end of season is better than they were start of season? Maybe Jalen Carter. Maybe. He's a rookie. I don't even know. I can't count rook. You know, right? He's he's better nah, because I can't. you know, like yeah, yeah. Jalen Carter got better, but like, did he? But I don't know. Ke- he had a Kevin great start. Ba- Kevin Byard got worse. Kevin Byard Byer- made one impact play for the Eagles. That, that's it in the back of the end zone against the Chiefs. Kevin Byard has been a nothing player. Reed Blankenship, you know, Reed Blankenship's had a nice year. But like, again, I think, even yeah, he plateaued. Even he plateaued. You want to say getting better? better. No one got better. Nobody. Um, You're it, right, dude. No Landon one got Dickerson, better. Landon Dickerson got better. Yeah, I mean, like, right. the offensive line is a different beast. Yeah, Stoutland. And I think when um, in regards in, in regards to the the protection, I mean, I think again, man, it all comes down to schematics. I mean, they're probably they're picking up all their men, but all the men that are getting loose, like it's just it's insane how many free rushes to the quarterback that Jalen Hurts is facing. It's 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 nauseating. It's and that's why I think, and again, like. To sit here and re- say they were going to repeat last season, I think would have been a little bit foolish. They lost enough guys, not a lot of guys, but they lost CJ Gardner Johnson. They lost Javon Hargrave. They lost a couple of good linebackers. They had a tougher schedule, right? A, fir- a, a real first place schedule instead of a second place schedule. And they played some some really good divisions. Like the whole AFC East was was very formidable this year. I you know what, motherfucker, I'm retracting that right now because the Jets and Patriots fucking suck. And they lost to one of them. So the step back, it it all it to me, man, it almost all falls on the coaching. And it's all and the this two is, defend, are you the two points replace Steichen again and are are just were flops, complete flops. And it and it honestly it exposed Nick Sirianni. 
it exposed him. Yeah. Because he yeah. clearly rode the coattails of really, really smart men. And Shane Sykin, give him Anthony Richardson next year. They're my pick to win that division. Yeah. Not gonna say it's not say it's not gonna be close to CJ Stroud, so so really good. But the Colts are gonna be fucking nasty next year. Cause he knows how to get the best out of his players, man. Like, yeah. like you like you mentioned before, if you're not the offensive guy, if you're not the defensive guy, you gotta be the guy to lead them and put them into the best positions to maximize all of their potentials. Someone like Eric Spolstra for the Heat, he does that better than anybody, maybe in all the sports. He got that you know, that $120 million contract. Because you get guys like Gabe Vincent in the All-Star game. Like, it's, it is, ah, man, it is tough to put your finger on. Like, again, to expect them to be as good as they were last year, no. But this kind of collapse in the last six weeks of the season is fucking nuts. And it's, it's inexcusable. It's well said, dude, because it, it's very much mirrors in opposite Nick's first season where they started two and five and then they switched up the offense, went to a running game and then made a run and made the playoffs. Right. And yeah. You lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, but you know, a lot of people fucking lose to Tom Brady. So like no sweat there, yep. but this is like, I assess, I assess your impact as a coach on, are you getting more out of what you get of what you've been given? Right. Can you overachieve with your team or are you underachieving with your team? And that to me is like all the best coaches are able to win despite their circumstances and, and Nick Sirianni, right? This, this year, I mean, you, again, you start 10 and one, you, you finish the season one and five, like that's Dallas Goddard's giving quotes. Like, yeah, you know what? I think once we clinch the plant, like, stop it, get the fuck out of here. Once you clinch the plant, like yeah, football's too hard, that. right? This is like this football is too hard of a game for you to like go out there and not be ready. Um, Here's so, one thing so, I will say. Yeah, I will say I don't, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we're just getting ready to class, yada, yada. Did you pay any mind to what Chad Ochocinco said about the Eagles? And Sam. Did you hear what he said? Chad Ochocinco was ripping a cigar in his car, just being a boss. Fucking, I don't know if you watch any of his stuff. He's, he's very, he's, he's awesome. I've always liked, liked me some Chad Johnson. Uh, yeah. One of the best shit talkers ever to do it. And it could always back it up. That dude, people forget, that dude was a problem so good. with Cincinnati. He's seen, he thinks the Eagles are playing possum. He's like, I think they've been playing, playing possum for a month. He's like, I, and again, maybe because I'm, I'm getting a little like Chato Josinko, like, you know, people ears perk up maybe a little bit when he talks. I don't see it, but is there any part of you that thinks they've been kind of taking it easy to not show their hand? Any part? No. Of you? Even no. if it's like. No, I, I'm, that, I'm Kevin. I'm with no, you. I, just, I had to bring no, it up because it, it piqued no, my interest. I, no, football's <laughs> too hard. They, listen, it's if too you hard. They had too much to play for. That's the they thing. Too they had too to much play to play for. That's the thing. It's like, not like they locked if, up the one seed in September. Like they, it wasn't like any of that. No, yeah. like it's not. I just I had to bring it up because it was Chad Ochocinco, and it, it, it piqued my interest. I was this like, is, uh, it, this is look. This is this is our problem, right? This is this is what we've learned, Sam. Like in in previous lives, I would have looked at and been like, you know what? You're right. This is what's happening. The Eagles have a lot. No. Be believe what you see on the field. Believe them. When they show you that yeah. they have no idea how to handle a blitz, believe them. When they show you yeah. that they have no idea how to generate pressure as a cohesive defensive front, believe them. When they show you that starting a 32-year-old and a 30-year-old cornerback doesn't work well, believe them that it won't continue to work well. This is a team that is filled with problems. The defense has not been regular bad. 
They have been catastrophically bad. Some of the worst defense you and I have seen out of a out of an Eagles team in our lifetime. Sam, in our lifetime, the last month and a half has been about the worst defensive footballs we've seen. I, and, and I challenged you, so and, because... and I wonder if we came up with the same answer here. I challenged you, so can you think of another time? Is this a first? Can you think of another time, another Philadelphia team that was going into the playoffs and it felt this bad going in? Do you think of another time? Because I'm wondering if we came up with the same answer. My answer was no. I could not think of a single other team that I've ever rooted for I... where it felt this bad this bad i mean was there was there a Sixers team that went into the playoffs where Joel Embiid had like a broken face there maybe was that. Um, <laughs> maybe that cuz he's our best player he's he's the nucleus of this team and even without them this year they're like 2 and 4 or some shit like maybe that but no man the answer is no because because of the expectations during the season because they started 10 and 1 because yeah. they were the defending NFC champions to fumble the one seed when you're 10 and 1 you control whether you're going to get home field throughout the playoffs or not and again they, they go through a gauntlet yes they did but they came out of that gauntlet 3 and 3 you just win 3 of your next 4 games you're probably the one seed yeah but instead they lost 3 out of the 4 you said it, bro. You were like, they're not going 4-0 down this stretch. But did you think they were going to go 1-3? I did. That I did not call 1-3. Crazy. That is fucking crazy. Happy New Year, Eagles fans. Listen, I've accepted, I've accepted the fate. I think most Eagles fans have. And the only way you can possibly enjoy anything throughout the playoffs is to accept the fate that they're not getting back to the title game. And anything additional to like from that is is nice. They went on Monday night. Of course, I'm going to be happy, but I've already accepted that they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl. And the quicker you can get that through your head, anything else is a pleasant surprise. But that's in my head right now. It's going to be somebody versus somebody else, and that team will not be wearing green. All right, that's uh, that's, that's talking birds. Um, we're going to go ahead, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, Joey Mack to uh, to talk the uh, Buccaneers game. He's here. What's up, baby? What's going on, guys? Uh, pain. Pain is going on. Pain. That's all I'm feeling. But other than that, I'm okay. Immense. <laughs> immense amount of, of, of heartache. This is uh, Joe. Welcome. Glad to have you on. Um, Joe Mack has been uh, is probably the biggest Buccaneers fan in my life. Not that um, the uh, the Northeast lends itself to introducing me to uh, to hundreds of them, but huge huge Buccaneers fan. Uh, favorite player is Mike Allstott, uh, which is also the player he embodied when we played flag football uh, every time. Hell yeah! Um, hell yeah! Absolute tank, Joe. Glad to have you here. I'm glad to be in, man. You know it's. Uh... It's an interesting matchup, you know. They met in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and obviously two very different teams then. Rookie Jalen Hurts, uh, yeah. Tom Brady going out the door near the end. Um, They're both in a very different spot, and I think they've kind of gotten to this. Both teams have kind of gotten to this place uh, two very different ways, to say the least. Yep. So I want you to explain, so, so Joe, explain give us, to us. Uh, yeah. what, what, um, what, did we, what did we miss? Tell me about... Tell me what what the season of a Buccaneers fan has uh, been like so far. 
So really, uh, for anyone who's of the uh, gambling mindset, coming into this season, the Buccaneers actually had the third longest odds of any team in the NFC to make the playoffs. Uh, They were actually dead last for the NFC South to win the division in those odds. Yes, behind the two-win Carolina Panthers. <laughs> so um shows you how wild of a season it's been for the Bucs. And it's funny. They started out their season three and one. You know, they were riding high the first month of the year. And then and they really dipped. And they lost five out of six. And all of a sudden, you're looking at four and seven. Uh, things were not looking good for the Bucs at all. And, uh, you know... Something started to click mid-year, and uh, the last six weeks of the season, they've won five of the last six games. That sounds nice. That sounds I, really I good to be going to into Baker the playoffs. Mayfield, man. I what has like the Baker, Baker experience been a, like? He was a big, uh, uh, big reason for, for all that, man. Baker experience, to be honest, I really wasn't sure how, as a fan, I uh, how enthused I was that he was their guy. I kind of wanted to maybe go see them draft somebody, but I know he's got the pedigree. And to be honest, I think last year, you know, he just had a really tough go. Uh, You know, he's playing for the Matt rule, Carolina Panthers. And uh, we know how that went. Um, You know, he goes to LA and he kind of refines himself. Sean McVay helps him find himself. And, uh, you know, he's working with Dave Canales, who's the Bucks offensive coordinator. He's a first-year coordinator. Um, you know, he was a Seattle quarterback coach before that, and I think it took him a while to really grasp that offensive system. But once he did, everything's just started to click. I mean, he has set – I have some stuff here for you. So he has set career highs this year in – Completion percentage, touchdowns, and yards. Damn good. It's pretty good. And I think passer rating might be there as well. Um, you know, he's had a really good year. He's thrown 28 touchdowns. He went for over 4,000 yards. Um, Damn. You know, he's and he's just a dog. You can tell when you watch Baker Mayfield. He leaves everything on the field. He's as yeah. tough as it gets. Um, you know, he's playing through an ankle sprain right now, and he's got a some sore ribs that he's still playing with. And he just does not care, man. He goes out there and lays it on the line. He's just been really fun to cheer for overall. Cleveland had this affinity with Baker that I think was really, really great. I'm glad to see. I mean, I feel like people, I'm rooting for Baker. Sam, you rooting for Baker? I've I've never had, I've always liked the Baker play with the chip on his shoulder. I like the undersized guy. He was kind of cocky, but always could really back it up. Um, definitely has had a, an underwhelming NFL career for being a first overall pick. But to see his resurgence in Tampa, it's been, it's been refreshing. I also think he reminded people, like, remember uh, this guy named is, uh, Mike Evans, only player yeah. ever to start yeah. his career with a consecutive ones at seven 1,000-yard seasons? I mean, he, uh, like... So to interrupt you on that one, it's 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons Christ. for Mike Evans. And that oh is God. not the NFL record. There's still a couple guys ahead of him. I think it's uh, but to Jerry start Rice. His career. Has, I think Jerry Rice has the all-time record with 15, and then I think it's Moss or Owen, someone ahead of him there. But he's one of only three. But he's one of only three guys, I think, that have ever done it in double-digit seasons consecutively. But no, to answer your question, you can't root against Baker Mayfield. The dude is just, like Joe said, I like that you said, he just, ton of heart, man. Ton of guts. I saw him limping all over the field against Tampa, uh, against Carolina on Sunday. 
I mean, he's gonna he's gonna die on the field, whether whether you like it or not. He's gonna he's gonna he's one of those guys that the coach literally has to like yank off the field in order to get him off the field, and it's hard not to root for a guy like that. So shout out Baker, they've had a great season. I'll he's a big Monday, community but... guy. He's a big in the community guy too, which is also very cool to see. He's very charitable, so it, it just overall he gives off the persona that, especially when he's playing well, he's very very likable. Yeah, the um, these teams met. Uh, these teams met all the way back in uh in week uh what was that week three? Yeah, it Monday night football. Almost entirely unnecessary to break that game down as a reason to understand these two teams today because the last month and a half have proven that they are not the same teams in week three. Uh, either of them, Baker's come on, the offense has come on, and the Eagles have certainly shown that they have they have two major problems. They have two major problems. One is fucking balloons. Uh, one is they can't um, they can't defend the middle of the field and they can't handle the blitz. Now, the Buccaneers blitz uh, third most in the NFL and uh, the yep. guys named Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are both pretty fucking good across the middle of the field. I mean, is that is that what you're looking at when when you're seeing the Bucs taking taking advantage of the birds? So in terms of the Buccaneer offense, um, you know, honestly, one of the he's not had like a stellar season by any stretch, but a solid season has come from Kate Otten. And I don't know at tight end. I don't know how, uh, you know, good the Eagles really are defending the tight end position, but that's where he's going to live in the middle of the field. And that's more so also where Godwin more than any of them is going to live. You know, Godwin coming into the NFL was mostly an outside guy coming out of Penn State. And it really took until Brady got there that he became this just machine in the slot. And that's what he's done again this year. I mean, you know, he, for any of you fantasy football guys that might've had him, you might've been really frustrated with Chris Godwin this year. Uh, didn't really find the end zone. He's only scored twice, but wow. believe it or not, the leading receiver in terms of receptions on this Buccaneer team is once again, Chris Godwin. Joe, to answer your question, the Eagles don't defend anything or anyone good. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. I could run across the middle of the field and I'll catch a pass to the fucking Buccaneers. It is it is painful. So, so have the Eagles been good against defending tight ends? No, because they aren't good at defending anybody. Anybody. Well, see, my old to switch it to the birds for from my perspective for a second. Please don't. I, I truly think, you know, as much as not so much Steichen, but as much as Gannon was ripped, especially with what happened with the Super Bowl, um, you know, in the fallout after, I think the Eagles are finding that. Spike and Gannon were pretty good coordinators, maybe not the best head coaches, although Steichen had a decent year. Um, yeah. You know, they they're better coordinators than they are coaches. And whatever Brian Johnson and Sean Desai or Matt Patricia, whoever's calling the defense now, I mean, it's a, it's a complete change. And, and, and uh, you're seeing a lot of the same pattern happening over and over i mean you can no offense i love jalen hurts and he's an amazing runner you can only run that qb power so many times man off tackle before it gets stale me and kev were saying earlier i mean listen i think every single person wearing eagles green has a bit to blame but if you look at like game film and game tape i think the blocking scheme and the play calling is genuinely setting jalen Hurts up to fail 
And yeah. has Jalen missed easy reads and is he not stepped up in the pocket like he kind of was last year? Absolutely. But then again, where is the coaching behind that? Who who was telling Jalen, let's like let's get back to bases. Let's go back to next year. You bail out of the pocket. Plays can break down and you can make plays otherwise, sure. But when Devontae Smith's running across the middle of the field against the blitz, you just step up real quick and get rid of that ball within a second and a half. Where's and the so coaching? That trans, Where's that the coaching? Trans, that tr- that uh, gets me over to the Buccaneer defense now that really since Todd Bowles got there as the defensive coordinator, um, they've been near the top of the league in nearly every defensive category over this few years span. They've been a really good defense. They have a lot of guys that have been in that system for three or four years now. Um, but I will say the Bucks. In terms of uh, their overall defense this year, they've lacked in the passing game. They have given up a lot of big plays overall. You know, guys like Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, they've been in that defense for three or four years. They've won a Super Bowl on that defense. And uh, Antoine Winfield, they're just not having years. Well, hold on. Winfield's the only exception. He is having... One of the best single seasons a safety has ever had. Yes, I'll go on the record saying that. And has gotten zero recognition for it. Mm-hmm. He's gotten nothing. Um, you know, the man's got 122 tackles. He's got six sacks. He's got three picks. He's got six forced fumbles. And two of those forced fumbles were where a player was at the goal line, one of them being last week, and he knocked the ball out at the goal line for a touchback. The guy has done literally everything. He's one of the best graded run defenders, pass defenders from the safety position. I mean, he's just been electric this year. And he, for any Eagle fan that's not overly familiar with the Bucs, he is the A number one guy for me for people to watch for this week. Mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield, I can imagine him coming in on safety blitzes. I mean, he's covering. A.J. Brown is going to get bracketed, right? If I'm, if I'm Brian Johnson and I'm, you know, coaching for my job, you know, and if I'm Nick Sirianni and I'm, coaching a little bit for my job i'm going to try to put the hit the ball in the hands of my playmakers and Definitely. I, I really I, I don't if i see quez watkins get a single yeah. target before aj brown has four i'm gonna fucking lose it all right quez watkins quez Watkins. I, I can't i don't even know why i'm talking about it. all right i'm just gonna get worked up again but, but, with, hey, I, but with that said yeah how uh you know the thing with the buccaneers as you said kev is uh third highest blitz rate in the league that has been uh Todd Bowles is the MO his yeah. entire coaching career, not just with the Buccaneers, you know, they they're always love to bring pressure. Um, any Buccaneer fan would remember the 2021 divisional round against the Rams, where he set the zero blitz and Stafford hit cup and beat him deep, you know, and uh at the end of the game. And that's a play that kind of sticks with me, but it shows how aggressive Todd Bowles is. And even though Anyone that knows me well enough knows I'm not overall the biggest Todd Bowles supporter. Um, I was kind of out on him after last year, but I thought, you know what? Leftwich was a big problem. They changed coordinators on offense. And um, the Bowles' credit, whether it's 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, they are division winners with him two years in a row. And to win a division two years in a row is something to you know put a feather in your cap on. I um, would love But that's where they're going to beat the Eagles right the division there. division two years me. in a row. For me, to be honest, I really need a dominant game from this Eagles offensive line. They are too good, too talented 
have been together long enough. I need them to show me something all around, not just protecting Hurts. I need a dominant overall game from this offensive line and set the tone. But with the way Tampa brings the pressure, I mean, if the other day is any indication from how the Giants blitzed, I mean, um, you know, it's not necessarily looking like it could be in the Eagles' favor, but we'll find out. If it's if it's going to rain like they say it's going to rain, and Brian Johnson dro- drops Jalen Hurts back to the first three players on offense, I'm yep. going. I'm I'm going to be full disclosure for all the eight people listening. I'm going to be at work on Monday night. I am an overnight nurse. I you know, the Eagles don't pay the fucking bills, so I got to show up to work. But I will look for the hardest drug I can find and shoot it directly into my vein. It, so it, let it, me ask you guys not, this: on the, they cannot on fumble the, the game plan if they're going to lose the bus, lose the bus, but not the game plan. On the injury front for the Eagles, because I know the Bucks are relatively healthy. Like, I don't know if you guys follow Dr. Chow on Twitter at all, but, uh, you know, they give out the team grades for health. And for the NFC, I looked at it earlier this morning. Tampa Bay is actually supposedly the healthiest team right now, and least being the Eagles, you know. So where are you guys at? Do you think, uh, you know, is Hurts obviously playing, but with pain? Is A.J. Yeah. Brown going to play? Is Devontae Smith going to play? If he does, you know, what's his uh, – how limited are they? You know what I mean? So far, no, no uh, injury update has uh, has not come out. That'll, that'll come out in about an hour. Uh, it's Wednesday at 4 o'clock right now. They are – I mean, you got to expect A.J. and Devontae to suit up, but Jalen, Jalen's dealing with an injury. I mean, fucking football, man. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to get to January yeah. and not feel like shit. But the problem is they've got – They've just their best players are are all spirits of pain, and then they're well, on the defensive side. They just lost their uh, they lost Sidney Brown, you know the safety there, yeah. and so at safety you're super and thin. Right, you make, beat up too. Mm-hmm. yeah, Blankenship's beat up. He's questionable for um, he's questionable to play, and and he kind of has to play because at this point they're going to have to be in nickel the entire time. You can't go to you can't go to dime because they just don't have enough secondary yeah, players to get in there beyond getting into like fucking Bradley Roby. So, so I know the Eagles snaps? pass rush has been a bit of a sore point this year among Terrible. the fans that, you know, granted you're coming off a record setting season, right? The bars are already so high, but uh, if it is any solace to you, not that the Buccaneers offensive line is bad, but Baker has been sixth most sack quarterback this year. Um, you know, just to throw that out there. And again, he is hobbled. Um, I don't know if you guys, Saw it on Red Zone or anything, but uh, the Bucks have a rookie, uh, right guard Cody Mock. He's a ginger beauty with a couple missing teeth, and uh, nice. he got absolutely blown up by a blitzer last week. I mean, when I tell you blown up, destroyed, and he graded out as the worst or second worst offensive lineman they had last week by a large margin. Actually, second worst offensive player, I think it was. It was a lot. And it's something that I haven't seen a lot from him this year, even being a rookie, you know. So if the Eagles can find a way to, especially with Baker Hobble, you get Jalen Carter, you get Fletcher Cox going uh, up the middle to bring the pressure, I think they might be able to contain this Buccaneers attack. But the big thing has been the resurgence of the offense, and by that I mean the running game for Tampa Bay. I mean, last year they were historically bad in the running game. And this year... You know, the first six weeks, they were actually on pace to beat the number they did last year. But Rashad White has really come on. He's turned out to be the bell cow. He's finished just shy of a thousand yards. Um, he he's doing very well in the passing game. I mean, to his credit, he's really turned it on and he's uh he's playing some good ball the last, you know, couple months here. 
So Joe, I think that's a good point you bring up, but my counterpoint to that is that the Giants were minus 55 in sacks in the sack differential, right? So that means they're giving up 55 yeah, yeah. more sacks than they're getting. And the Eagles, what did they get? One or two sacks. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the defensive players came out of the game. I just, me and Kev were talking about it before you got on. Like, I'm done believing that the Eagles' strengths are actual strengths. Oh, the defensive line is really good. No, they're not. Oh, the Eagles have, like, pretty good, like, cornerbacks in James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Not really. Oh, the Eagles have, like, a dominant offensive line. I haven't seen it in a month. So, it's... Can the Eagles win this game and we can dive into how they can do that? I mean, yeah, dude, they can. So, but I feel so like this I'm putting is, a dunce cap on to think that it's right. actually going to happen. So, this is how, right? So, this is... Because I've thought about this, right? And because it's important to me that that I understand what can happen here on Monday, both from a betting circumstance and uh, and also from a, uh, a, a keeping my soul healthy enough to withstand a, uh, you know, w- what has gone on for the last month and a half. Man, cold December. Holy shit. So the Eagles to win, they're going to have to go ahead. I, I love that it starts at the offensive line, right? I love the idea of Jason Kelsey and those those dogs down there getting it started. But I think that's a trap. Right. I think I think that the real way you get this is you dink and dunk. Right. You've got Tampa Bay's got great, great safeties. They got great, they got really strong corners. And so I don't think you're gonna beat these guys on five, seven step dropbacks, you know, with Jalen Hurts dissecting the defense. I think this comes quick slants. I think this is gonna be a Tom Brady-esque offense of getting the ball away with two and a half seconds, moving the chains, get this thing going. Dallas Goddard, he's gonna see Eagles love the fucking screens. Go ahead. Beat the blitz with the screen pass and not the way Marcus Mariota did where he almost threw it right into where he actually did throw right. a pick on a screen pass mm-hmm. at the 11. And so to me, it's the offense doing there. And then it's on the defensive side. It's just survive, right? It's defensive line has to get pressure and make Baker Mayfield feel like he has to be a hero. But Baker Mayfield feels mm-hmm. like he's got to be a hero. Is that that's a position I want him to be in because that's when he's going to go ahead and try really hard to make a play. And Baker seems to be doing really well when he's operating within an offense, when he's finding the open man. And believe me, the open man will be there. I don't think – I'm betting the over on this game, by the way. Um, that, that to oh. me, just feels like a no-brainer. Um, uh. and, and that is – and and that's how it gets done. And I don't really see – I don't really see the Eagles getting into this power run game down there when when you've got all those big bodies on the defense. Bucks are too well, good the good thing is seven. for DeAndre Swift, I know Swift didn't play last week, but if, hey, if he's good to go, um, honestly, I think he's been the most pleasant for me. He's been the most pleasant surprise on this Eagles team this year. You know, yeah, a, lot, a lot of doubt, even being the hometown kid, like a lot, a lot of doubts about his health in the past. Can't stay healthy. And, and he's done that. And he's actually had a really nice year. You know, maybe last week, even though he wasn't feeling well, get a little bit of rest before the playoff and uh, see how he does. Yo, how do the Bucks win on Monday night? How did the Bucks win Monday night? Well, as cliche sounds, first thing is win the turnover battle. Um, the Buccaneers were a plus eight in the turnover differential this year, believe it or not. Um, that is actually an 18 turnover difference from the Eagles. Eagles were finished a minus 10. Yeah, um, I like it. You know, so it's a, it's a lot. It, it really is big. Um, how they win, truthfully, is... I think they got to hit Godwin up the middle. You got to get him going against this secondary. Uh, you know, the big plays to Evans might be there, but um, really it's Kev, what you just said. Baker doesn't have to be in that 
be a hero type mode. If he starts getting that mindset, maybe things go haywire. But um, I think that Leon Rashad White, too. You know, he's been, like I said, he's just been overall really, really solid. And, you know, get him out in space in the passing game and and see what he does. You know, that's how they went offensively and defensively. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Get some pressure going. Um, I'm looking for a big game at a couple guys on the defensive line. Vita Vea. I mean, you can't get much bigger than him. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking for a big game out of Vita Vea. I ha- There's been a lot of games this year where I haven't heard his name too, too much overall. So... I'm trying to see what happens, especially when you get this brotherly shove situation. Um, you know, there's not a greater match of a movable force and unstoppable object than Jason Kelsey versus Vita Vea. So we'll see how that one goes. And then basically wherever Todd Bowles wants to line up Yaya Diaby. Uh, he's another one that a lot of fans outside of Tampa may not know. Um, he's a rookie, but he's got seven and a half sacks, which leads all rookies. Damn. And he's Impressive. having a heck of a season off the edge. I mean, he leads the team, and, and that's still with guys there like Shaq Barrett, you know, that have been a name for a while. So, uh, you know, if their impact players can make impact plays and win the turnover battle, they're there. Sam, you got a prediction for uh, for this game? It's going to be ugly. And I think the winner of this game loses in the next round truthfully yeah i don't think either of these well, teams the are going this to dallas automatically loses in the next round because it's a short week having the travel to go on the road crazy regardless it's, you yeah, know the, it, the it's already process is you're, fucking bullshit yeah, like you know it's great in the tampa bay case of that you're getting the extra day or so for baker to heal but if you win you move on and it's a short week road to travel and going to face yeah. that san francisco defense and the eagles with all their injury issues same thing you know, so it's uh, not the biggest win-win like you would think. So, like I said, it's going to be ugly. Kev, I actually really disagree with you in regards to the over. I think it's gonna, the under is going to hit. Amen. I'm, That's where I'm I, at. I got 20 to 16. Tampa Bay. And I hate to say that. But I'm done. I'm, I, I, again, man, I, I'm one of the biggest glass half full Eagles fans you'll ever meet. Many people who know me, you know, Sam usually can give a positive light on some things. Man, there's just... Nothing positive I can take apart from this Eagles team. I mean, it, everything has fallen completely apart, and nobody is there to pick the pieces back up. Not Jalen, not AJ, not Nick, not Brian Johnson, not Howie Roseman. Nothing nothing has worked. And this defense for the Buccaneers is going to wreak havoc. They're going to blitz the shit out of Jalen Hurts. They are going to probably control the run game because they have a magnificent front seven. And Antoine Winfield back there as a safety and it's going to be wet, rainy, and disgusting. And what does wet, rainy, and disgusting create? Fumbles and turnovers. I I hate to say it. I just think the Eagles season ends on Monday. Joe, prediction for the game? Well, from the gambling standpoint, I'm with Sam on the under. <laughs> um, that would be my favorite play of anything. But to be honest, I, I, I think the Eagles find their way. Um. You know, it, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right because of how they've gone. But you got to remember when, you know, when the rubber meets the road, it's the it's the big veteran guys that have been there, done that, that can really step up and pull a team through. And so I'm looking at, again, those guys on the offensive line. I'm looking at Fletcher Cox. 
I'm looking at Darius Slay. You get that play from your veterans, and I think they turn it around. You know, uh, it's funny. Ocho Cinco had a video the other day I saw where he thinks the Eagles are just playing possum. We just you know, talked about that before you got on the on the cast, man. And you know, and what? I gotta be honest, I don't fucking believe him. I brought it up, but I don't believe him, bro. You know, I'm what? sorry, I, I don't believe there's, I think there's something to it though, because the funny <laughs> thing is, it happens so many times in sports where you have a team that seems that they're on their last leg, they're down and out, they're hanging on by a thread, and they just find a way, and something just starts clicking, and momentum happens, and it snowballs. So I, I can easily see. This happening to the Eagles. I mean, you know, they win and they go on to San Francisco. You're going to tell me they can't get up for a game against the 49ers again after what happened this year and this rivalry that's been brewing? I absolutely think it can. Conversely, Tampa Bay has also played the 49ers this year. It didn't go well, for the record. <laughs> but it's not for most. Not for most who but, played the 49ers. But, yeah, I really do think it's uh, – if I had to give a score – um, I think the total's at 44 right now, so I'll see how it moves. But to be honest, I I, I kind of like 24-20 Eagles, even just to push to see what happens. I, I really think they're right there. Because that's the funny thing that no one's going to talk about is on the special team side. To me, the kicking game this year is actually a wash. Um, Jake Elliott's been amazing for a yeah, long baby. time for the Eagles. But Jake Elliott. But I'll tell you, Chase McLaughlin for the Bucks this year, He's I mean, great. believe it or not, he actually just had the most accurate kicking season in team history passing Connor Barth. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been awesome this year. And, you know, it is in Tampa. We'll see what happens, to be honest. But I, I really do think the birds find a way and pull this out. Kev. Yeah, Joe, I'm, um, I'm with you. I, I really, I really think... I'm, I'm, this is, this is not, did Nick Sirianni suddenly become a really bad NFL coach? No, he didn't suddenly become a terrible coach. Right. And no. yeah. And I, and did, did Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Scott, did they become bad leaders all, all of a sudden? No, of course not. So they're going to get the team ready and they're going to go down to Tampa. The line opened at minus three Eagles, Eagles minus three. Uh, it stayed that way. Um, and I don't think it's going to budge. And I think the Eagles are going to take this thing 34 to 28. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be big scoring game. And, Mama, and I think the think birds come out on top. Shootout. And I will say, we're going to get into, I want to get into Super Bowl picks here. Um, Joe, do you got a, you got a Super Bowl, um, you got a Super Bowl matchup and a winner yet? Well, it's funny you say that because I've had, and Sam can tell you, I've had this feeling since August. I have not put any money on it, but since August, I'm sa- I've said we're getting a rematch of last year. And to be honest, you know what? As weird as it sounds, I'm holding to it. You know why? What the fuck? You know why? As why weird you, as it sounds. Now that's why would you just do this to me us? sticking. To, hold on, that's Stop just it. me sticking to my guns. Just if I'm die. thinking what the actual landscape, if I'm thinking what the actual landscape and what the public might say. To be honest, I can see the Bills and the 49ers the entire way. I can see that happening. But yeah, I've said since August, we're getting a rematch. And it doesn't feel right. It feels gross to say, especially with the way Kansas City's played. But you know what? Again, 
I have a hard time going against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I really and do. He, until I, I know Cincinnati has done it the one year, but until you truly slake the dragon, I can't go against it. I mean, I will say Chiefs have, have a mighty good defense this year. They have they, then when what's that game going to be? I think it's going to so, be zero so degrees with 20 miles an hour win. Well, I hate to say it and admit it. The same time I said I had Eagles and the Chiefs, I had a Super Bowl ticket on the Eagles since August. I just cashed out. I'm done with it. <laughs> Did you make anything on it? No, I lost 15 bucks. It's all good. <laughs> But it doesn't fit again. It doesn't feel right because look at what Kansas look at what Kansas City has been. But my whole thought was we get a rematch and and the Eagles take it this time. You see it all too often in sports that where rematches do happen in a championship. It is so hard to beat the same team twice. Yeah, so, we can't beat we'll anyone once. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would not. If I was an Eagle fan, I would not lose faith. Faith 100. percent Would I be doubting? Sure. Would I lose faith? No. Sant, Joe, thanks for coming on. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll sync up. Uh, good luck. Uh, enjoy Monday night. What a terrible fucking NFL thing to do to make us wait for this absolutely brutal, brutal matchup. But always great talking to you, buddy. LFB baby, let's bake. <laughs> See you, Joe. See you guys. Oh, Sam, I want you uh, now. Did, did you do? A, did you do a playoff bracket? Do you got matchups, or do you just have your Super Bowl pick? I didn't quite do a bracket. All right. I, I feel uh, like I've been getting a disdain towards the NFL since the Eagles started getting really, really bad. Of course, so I watch every Sunday. I watch all the games every Sunday. Every Sunday that I'm off, of course. Yeah. But in regards to a bracket, I didn't quite get there. Did you get a bracket? I got a bracket. Let me see, let me hear it. This season has been about how can we kick Eagles fans in the nuts as hard as possible, as many times as possible. And I think the playoffs are going to feel really, really similar. Really similar to that. So for the AFC first, um, Bills over Steelers, Chiefs over Dolphins, Joe Flacco Browns over the Texans. Uh, I then have the Ravens over the Browns. And I have the Bills hosting the Chiefs and winning. And it will be Bills-Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Um, on the NFC side, uh, Cowboys beat the Packers. I have the Rams upsetting the Lions. And I've got so the, painful. And I've got the Eagles uh, beating the Buccaneers, which will then set up 49ers versus Rams. And in the divisional round, it will be Cowboys versus Eagles. And I can think of few things more painful than us being the reason that the Cowboys go to the NFC Championship game for the first time in 20 years. And I have the Cowboys and 49ers advancing. I have the Bills beating the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. And I have the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl and beating the Bills Cowboys are my Super Bowl pick this year. What is what is wrong with you? Ugh. I'm in a dark place, Man. Sam. You are in a very dark place. Listen, I have the bracket in front of me. I can definitely come up with one. So I would certainly take the uh, the Bills. It's going to be very cold and windy on Sunday when they play at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's without TJ Watt. I don't think they stand a chance. So I'm going to get Bills over Steelers. Very similar scenario in regards to uh, Chiefs. It's going to be very, very cold. 
Miami yeah. likes that finesse offense. They don't punch you in the mouth. They just try to you know, outrun you. So I'm gonna get Chiefs over the uh, Chiefs over the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And um, listen, man, I think the Browns have been a dark horse team for me all year. I think their defense is for real. And defense Joe Flacco's so teams of yeah, Joe Flacco has seemed to kind of found the fountain of youth, and uh, he won't win Coach of the Year. But St- Kevin Stefanski is an excellent NFL. I think he okay. might coach. Um, he, he's definitely in the running. I think it's got to go to D'Amico Ryan just for bringing that team to the playoffs. Um, so I agree with your whole AFC side in the first round. Uh, I would take the Browns over the uh, Browns over the Texans. Um, so then that sets up, like you said, Chiefs going to Buffalo. Yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs end up beating Buffalo. I think Josh Allen makes a God. couple dumb mistakes like he does all the time. And those couple dumb mistakes, the Chiefs are going to take advantage of. Because we got the Chiefs going into Buffalo and upsetting them. And then that would mm-hmm. leave Cleveland going to Baltimore, right? Um, man, you know, you know, you and I, we always got a small spot for Baltimore. We, we you, you've been living there for a decade now. Uh, Towson was my home for four years. So I embraced the Baltimore community. Um, something that is uh, synonymous with Lamar Jackson that recently in his career has been choke. And I think uh, Cleveland Browns, I think Joe, how sick would that be? Joe Flacco going into Baltimore and sticking it to the Ravens. I got the Browns taking down the oh Ravens my God. in an upset because you know crazy shit happens in the playoffs when Joe Flacco lines up under center. You know crazy shit happens. So I got a Browns Bills AFC Championship game. Hold on, you, you pick you pick, the, you pick the Chiefs over the Bills. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my mistake. I'm sorry. I got Chiefs Browns. Yeah. So that would be the Browns going to Kansas City. Oh my God, that's and, uh, by the way, that's that would be Kansas's sixth straight AFC Championship game. I like what Joe said, man. I mean, it's it's hard to slay that dragon. And as long as you got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and give them an excellent defense, it's it's a it's gonna be a hard team to beat. Um, so that's my AFC championship chip. We'll switch to the NFC side. Um I got, I, got Dal- I got Dallas being Green Bay. Uh Green Bay's defense just is not good enough and Dallas Dallas poops on 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 bad defenses. Um I got the Lions beating the Rams. I think the Lions are an excellent offense, uh, a good enough defense. Um, I think Jared Goff finds a way, uh, and they have an, an, an ex, probably the best running back tandem in the NFL. And Amar St. Brown's the best wide receiver. No one really seems to talk about that much. That dude's unbelievable. And I do unfortunately have our Eagles falling to Tampa Bay. So that would bring Tampa Bay going to San Francisco. Is that correct? And Detroit against Dallas. Yep. Um, Listen, man, I think Detroit gets fucking vengeance. I think they should have won that game a couple weeks ago. So I got Detroit upsetting Dallas in the Dome. And then I will have Tampa getting shellacked by the Niners. So then that leaves you with a Lions-San Francisco NFC Championship game and a Chiefs-Browns AFC Championship games. Give me, give me the Chiefs versus the Niners in the Super Bowl. And give me Mr. Irrelevant raising a banner for the Niners. Wow. Wow. So you've got, you got, both got the NFC. I, I I can't. I love, first of all, weird things always happen in the NFL, right? Which is why you can't go chalk on this one. I love the idea that there is on the table a Browns Lions Super Bowl in your bracket. It's on the table. It's absolutely on the fucking table. And if that would have happened, I think everyone would be happy. I think I hope both teams just have the most fun in the world because they are just up there with the Jets and the Vikings as just like the oh they're so cute like they just yeah. always fucking suck. And 
the first time in what 50 years they both had 10 wins they both won like more than 10 games i mean that is that's ridiculous it's on the table and it wouldn't be the craziest super bowl outcome i mean dude a lot of times the one seeds make it of course man but one seeds choke i, I would I argue mean, browns lions is the craziest super bowl outcome you could possibly have I mean, it'd be wild. I mean, it'd be as it, the only thing maybe more wild would be like Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, like something yeah, sure, ridiculous sure, something like stupid, that. You know, yeah, something stupid. But uh, Browns Lions would be absolutely electric. Um, wow. But uh, I got to I got to put Come my on, Eagles fandom and bias away. It's just the Eagles, I, and they ain't doing it this year, man. And uh, yeah. gonna be, if they don't, if they get shellacked on Monday night, there's gonna be a lot of changes in the building because it's one thing Howie and uh, Jeffrey Lurie don't tolerate much is uh, quite is disappointment. They can they can handle bad, but disappointing and not meeting expectations is not something that. I mean, they pulled Doug Peterson out of town. He's the only dude to ever raise a banner for the Eagles. So, what would um what would feel what would feel worse for you personally? Would it be a lot if the Eagles win and they go? Would it be a loss to the Cowboys in Dallas, and, and Dallas gets to go to the NFC Championship game, or a loss to the Niners? No, and the Niners fans, everyone doing the look what happens when Brock Purdy's healthy. Look what happens when you come to San Fran. Last year was a joke. You guys lost to the Chiefs anyway. What would hurt more for you personally? Nothing, and I mean nothing would hurt more. Than losing to Dallas to send them yeah. to the championship game. I, yeah. I I understand Niners fans. They like to talk. Steve Samuel likes to talk. Um, injury or not, the Eagles the Eagles NFC Championship last year was no it was no joke to me because of the way they played in the Super Bowl. Right? If they got yeah. fucked up by the Chiefs, if they got blown out by twenty four points, like oh shit, yeah, maybe we got lucky by playing the Giants and the and the hurt Niners. But the Eagles went toe to toe with the eventual champs and. You know, you, you hang your head on the season because they didn't win, but you can't sit there and say like, "Damn, like you know, Eagles didn't deserve to be there because they absolutely could have won that game." And without some and sod shit and Jonathan Gannon being preoccupied, probably do win that fucking game. Um, sending Dallas to the championship game for the first time since '95 would be uh, be horrible. It'd be yeah. like delete Twitter for a while, horrible, and kind of read in the. Courier post who wins the Super Bowl, like it'd be it'd be that kind of disappointment. Um, yeah, nothing would be worse than giving Dallas glory at the hands of Philadelphia. Oh God, please, God, I'm a good person. I take care of people for a living. I make them happy and I make their sickness go away. Don't make me sick over this. And if the Eagles are going to go down in flames, please let Dallas go down in flames. Please, please. please. It's it's so important. It's so important that that happens. Um, which is why it just um I'm in I'm just in, I'm in a dark place with this man. All right. I'm I'm picking for the first time in fucking life. I'm just Kev, how, I mean, how can you not be? I, it just everything that's ha- that's unraveled. I mean, I went to the game on my birthday against the Bills. It was like the last time I felt happiness, like true fucking happiness. And again, like you said, even the defensive problems started like that week too. Like they let up thirty seven points against the Bills. Like it's it's all pain. It's all pain. But the good thing is at least we all die eventually. <laughs> oh my god well hey let's transition over we got a new segment uh that we're uh that we're doing um we we touched on sam being a nurse uh sam is not a, a nurse in your pediatrician's office uh sam works in the uh the er 
uh, the ED. No, I work, in a, I work in a jungle. I work in a fucking jungle. <laughs> so due to, due to legality purposes, I, I'm not going to say where I work. I'm not going to say what town I work in. I'm not going to describe anything in regards to specifics. Um, but if you've ever been in an emergency room for an elongated period of time, you know it's a place of chaos, a, pa- a place of fast-pacedness, a place where you can just be like, chill in one second and then you get a call from a paramedic saying someone's heart stopped beating you know get a room ready for us and then all of a sudden you jump into action um we're gonna start a little segment on this podcast of tales of the er and oh, uh tales of the er with nerd tales Sam. of the er let's hear it from uh from a first-hand perspective man i i deal with some unbelievable things shout out to all my co-workers all the doctors the nurses the techs the registration, the janitors, our security guards, we're all in the dogfight together. I genuinely believe it's like one of these, it's one of these things. Some people do tax returns for a living. That's how they make their money. I sometimes got to put a catheter in your penis. That's how I make a living. Um, I could, we could legitimately have another hour of this podcast of the crazy things I've seen in two years of being an emergency room nurse. But I, the one, the story I will tell this week it was something that I'd heard can happen, but I haven't experienced it yet. I had a patient come in. His chief complaint was foot pain. All right, no problem. Guy might have broken his foot, might have stubbed a toe. People come to the ER for sore throats. I mean, it, it, it's, it can be a glorified doctor's office sometimes. But foot pain. Foot pain. Foot pain. So my guy sitting on the bed, I say, hi, Sam. Hey, hello, sir. My name is uh, Sam. I'm going to be your nurse today. So uh, tell me what's wrong. I take off this gentleman's sock. There is a open wound on the top of his foot that goes up his shin. I counted about 35 maggots eating away at that wound. There's maggots. Not like flies surrounding it. Maggots eating away at this foot. Kevin, have you ever looked at something and immediately went into fight or flight mode? Because I looked at it and I started sweating. I got heart palpitations. I'm said, sir, is this the foot pain that you're describing? He says, yes. I said, how long have those maggots been there? He says, oh, they've been there. (laughs) They've been there. How? How how am I the first person that's dealing with it? So I say, just just wait up. Just wait up. Wait a fucking second. I got to get a doctor. So I go over to the residence and I say, here's. I think he says, on? and he looks at me and says, no, I don't believe you. He has a little headlight on his on his head for whatever reason. And he comes in to the room. He says, oh, my God, and then just leaves. Patient's like, what was his problem? I said, it was probably the maggots on your foot. <laughs> listen, I mean, I match their energy. And I, I, it's part of my job as a nurse to teach people. Like, hey, listen, you have diabetes. You really want to stay away from... Over, you know, overly, you know, a lot of you know, sugar stuff, alcohol, things like that. It's part of my job to teach them because at the end of the day, I don't want to, I don't want any repeat customers. I don't want to see you back in the yard. I want to see you go live your life. I want to see you be happy, live a happy, healthy life. It's, it's part of the principles of just being a human being. So sometimes you got to get stern with them. And all, all I think the times says- they appreciate your sternness. As long as you just say, you know, as long as you're calling them a, you know, fucking idiot in front of their face, you, you need to instill like, hey, dude, this is serious. Like, it's a serious wound that if you kept getting untreated, it's it just not, it, it, it turns necrotic. Then when necrosis comes into play, then you lose feet and, and limbs and shit like that. 
So, I mean, all, all, the, all that aside, maggots in a wound, I mean, they are cleaning the wound. It's kind of fucked up, but like, it's, you know, a wound care doctor would probably be like, yeah, you know, it's not like the worst thing in the world. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. But, um, so my job then was to get a, uh, a hydrogen peroxide bottle, but like a special kind you got to order from the pharmacy. For about a half an hour, I'm just spraying these fuckers just into a basin, just off his foot. They're like, ah, like screaming, like a little fucking crab in a in a boiling pot of water. They're just squirming around in the peroxide until I get every single one off. And then uh, we wrap it back up and we have we, we admit him to the hospital to make sure that thing doesn't get too infected. And then wound care takes it from there. But man, never in my life. And there's been some things I've seen that have been pretty gnarly. And trust me, we can save that for later episodes, but... I was a very young nurse when I saw that, and man, it was a sight to behold. I never in my life looked at something and immediately started sweating. Immediately. Fighter flight went into, like, right then and there. I was like, my guy, you, you gotta get your shit together. I, you just, you gotta get your shit together, man. Like, this is fucking unbelievable. For all of you listening, if you just have decent health and you work a nine-to-five job, pat yourself on the back because you're doing better then half of these motherfuckers just throwing shit against the wall and then they call life and hoping it works. What? So, so you wash, so what's the outcome? All right. So you wash the wound and then well, you, you, you throw on some, some big bandages and wraps and, and call it a day. Does he stay? Do you have to, he, he stays, you put him on antibiotics. Cause that's, that's an open wound. Open wounds get infected. So you now need to prevent the effect infection from happening. Once things get infected, it's way harder for them to heal. Your body will heal on its own. Your body will absolutely heal on its, on its own. But wherever this wound came from, no care was taken. Not one ounce of soap or water was put onto this wound when it initially happened. And you're, you're setting your body up to fail. Your body will help you, but you also need to help your body. It's like, it's like, it's like putting someone, you know, giving someone an albuterol treatment who's having an asthma exacerbation. Your body will fix itself, but it needs some medicine in the process to help get there. And the antibiotics will eventually help cure this wound up, but it needs daily wound care, daily bandage changes. There's plenty of wound care devices that, you know, there's bandages you can put on that, that self-absorb, you know, germs and bacteria. But this person also needs IV antibiotics. So how, long, how long is maggot foot in the, in the hospital for? It's the, the funnest, the funnest, the most fun thing about an ER is that once they leave the ER, you know, I don't really know what happens to them afterwards. Um, it depends on everyone's body. I think a young guy like you or me will be able to heal that wound in probably about a week's time and you can go home with some outpatient directions. But if that wound eventually creates an infection called sepsis, you're in the hospital, depending on your age, you, you know, your immunocompromisation, you're in the hospital for two, three weeks at a time. Sometimes people are admitted to the hospital for six months when they have sepsis. It, it's, it's a wild life to live, man. I, people, if you're young, you're listening to this, just take care of your bodies. And mix some water into your daily life. Just walk around the fucking block. Stop sitting down all the time. And, and take and just go go seek medical help when you need it. You know, but he, it's it, it never in my, like, when, before I got to the medical field, I think I took some things for granted, just how young I was and, and, and just how easily my body can function. But all that shit catches up to you. All the drinking everyone seems to be doing. I mean, everything in moderation, people. I'm not saying to cut beer out of your life. But don't be pounding six beers every single fucking night of your life. That shit's just going to catch up to you, man. And, you know, if you're a smoker, quit that shit when you're young, please. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an ex-smoker myself. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. But 
X? Uh, yeah, man, I'm done. I am. I am finito. It's the new year's happening. I'm. It's finito. Uh, the the one kind of smoking, the other kind of smoking. You go, you go you know, patch. Listen. You got patch. You go vape. Because don't. No nah, man. Hear, fuck that. I don't want to hear. I, thought, I quit that's smoking and now I vape. Because that's come fuck. on. No, no. It, it, cool. it doesn't hit the same as a cigarette. Come on, man. <laughs> that shit don't hit the same. <laughs> oh my no, god. Man, new year. I'm 30 years old. It's, I had my fun. Enough's enough. It's 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 a senseless habit. Um, that was very hard to kick, but it's it's done. It's it's completely done. So, um, just not that shit in the butt when you're young. I mean, I had one on my birthday, but we're talking to 2024. <laughs> talking 2024. That was 2023. That's the old Sam. <laughs> well, um, on my birthday. Yeah, oh, on my birthday. Um, so just, uh, but years and years of that, it just, it all catches up to you, man. And it, it's, oh it's part of my job. Like I said, the six, seven people that actually will tune into this fucking thing. Just, you know, everything in moderation and nip your bad habits in the butt before it's too late. Because, uh, one minute you wake up and you can't breathe because you've been smoking cigarettes for 30 years. It happens. And I can't tell you how many times I take care of an old person saying, holy shit, why did I, why did I smoke for 30 years? That was the dumbest fucking thing I could have ever done in my life. Three years of smoking? Yeah, you can probably get away with it. But don't, don't kick those habits when you're young. And for the love of God, take care of your wounds before the maggots come. <laughs> Uh, well, I will maggot, never forget that, man. And, uh, and uh, nicotine guidance. That's what we've got here on Teal, Tales from the Air, ER. Sam, thanks so much. I love you, buddy. Good luck uh, working this weekend. Um, Monday night, this absolutely ridiculous game is going to happen. I got the birds. I got the birds. I think we're going to win. Um, that's what we got going on. Our, and we'll like I said, next for week. recap. For our recap, like I said, I will be working, but uh, I will always do my homework. And before me and Kev get about, get on the pod to, to talk about it, I will have watched the game in its entirety, or at least the very detailed highlights, so I don't miss on anything. Love you too, Kev. I'm glad that if I'm suffering, I'm suffering with one of my best friends. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, buddy. Peace.